Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. Today's episode of the A-Game Podcast is brought to you by Naked Warrior Recovery CBD. It is a Navy SEAL-owned CBD company, which I have said many times. William Brandon, hailing out of Hawaii, which I am more and more jealous every time I say that, has an absolutely great pure product. It will not get you high. You have to take it for 30, 60 days consistently, and you will feel the effects of it. Again, I don't usually feel it when I'm taking it. And then all of a sudden I'll run out. And all those little nagging aches and pains, especially in my neck and stuff from years of jiu-jitsu, all of a sudden they start to go away. So it, it makes a huge difference. If I stop taking it, I feel like the Tin Man. I take it every day. It's got a great product. Will not get you high again. It's not that gas station crap. So if you tried some bad, cheap CBD in the past, you're doing yourself a disservice. Go on nicknicknick.com slash links. Check out the affiliates and you will see get discounted CBD today. It'll bring you to Naked Warrior Recovery website. Whatever you pick, whether it's gummies, clothes, greens, superfood, melatonin, um, they have drops, they have tablets they have all kinds of different ways that you can take and ingest or put topical stuff on your cbd for your health for your anxiety for your sleep for your inflammation for whatever you may need it for it to me it is a miracle drug you put in promo code a game at checkout and you will get 20 percent off also check out the ad at the end to text drummer to the number given for a free online drum lesson from my brother dan lamagna who has played in tons of great bands including biohazard sworn enemy Walls of Jericho, The Real Mackenzie's. He's a very well-known drummer. Take an online lesson. You will not forget it. Stick around for the end of the episode. And if you want to get involved in real estate, make sure you go on nicknicknick.com and look at what the options are or just reach out to me on any of the social media. If you go on nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see links to all of my social media as well as all the ways to listen to this podcast and check out the website. Get in touch with me any way you want. If you want to talk about buying property from me, selling properties to me, or partnering in some way or just having a discussion of how you can get involved in what we can do. It's a great time to get in. Let's get this conversation going so we can start off 2021 getting you into some properties. So today I want to talk again about jujitsu, why I love jujitsu and how it's helped me in life and business. So I know there's people that listen to this podcast that are real estate people or entrepreneurs, and they might not give a shit about jujitsu. And I do get that, but I do want to show how maybe for you, it's not jujitsu. Maybe for you, it's, I don't know, swimming or poker or, um, you know, a book club or golf. Golf's probably a great one right there. So whatever the thing is, though, I feel like it has a lot of the same business orientations that if you find something, you get clicky with it, you have a way to socialize, a way to unplug. Surfing, I know, is another big one for some guys, but whatever it is, there's definitely benefits that I found to jujitsu. And I think there's a reason why people get addicted to it and a reason why so many people do, especially so many successful people. You guys go on the page for... Um, um, one of the Gracie's guys, uh, Higa Machado. Higa Machado is always posting, uh, you know, the guy from Sons of Anarchy, Charlie Hunnan, Ashton Kutcher. Um, I know Guy Ritchie trains over at Henzo's. There, there's countless, countless celebrities that have gotten in for confidence, for weight loss, for all kinds of different things. So I am obviously a big uh, proponent of jiu-jitsu. 
I love it. I'm a big supporter of it. It's been great to me and to all the people I know. Nobody that I know that trains it regrets doing it. You know, it, it's a bug. It's a community. It's a, it's a probably an addiction at this point, but it's a beautiful one. And it's definitely a healthier one than some of the other ones I've, I've dabbled with in the past. So I did have Matt Sarah on this week. Um, he is the guy who gave me my black belt. He has been a huge uh, inspiration to me personally, uh, professionally, on the mats, off the mats, the character, the way he handles himself, um, his energy, just everything about him. He, he's just a genuine guy. He's an awesome guy. What you see is what you get with him, whether it's five o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the afternoon. You know, we meet him late. We see him, we see him early. He's got stuff going on. He's always keeping a positive. He's always making people laugh. He's an amazing instructor and he's a good guy. And I, I said it in a couple of posts, but he, I feel like him and Ray Longo are really the last of a dying breed of just those guys that your word actually means something. Your reputation is what you say and you're going to do what you say and you're going to be who you are. And that's starting to go away, especially, uh, unfortunately, in some martial arts schools. I don't know about a lot of jiu-jitsu schools, but you know, the people are floating around and he just came from a different time and he holds people to a different standard. And I think there needs to be more of that. And I respect it. And as you see, you can look at uh, the latest episode of uh, Dana White looking forward to a fight on YouTube. And uh, Dana White literally just says, hey, man, Matt Sarah takes no shit. And I love that because it's true. He really doesn't care who you are, what you do, what you have, what you make, what color, what, what your income is, what your job is, as long as you're just not a dick. You know, if you're cool, and you're going to be cool, he's going to be cool, but it doesn't matter who you are. If you're going to be a dick, he's not going to let you get away with that. And he's going to call you out on it always. And I respect that. It's refreshing. So one of the things that I thought was really cool that we didn't really get to dig as deep into, I was trying to take it down the path of um, everything happens for a reason, but I'm going to let Matt talk about whatever he wants to talk about because everything that comes out of the guy's mouth was just interesting and entertaining. I don't think I've gotten ever as much feedback as I've gotten already. And it's only Thursday. And that episode came out on Wednesday. The amount of people that have commented, posted, texted, um, hit up social media and just said how amazing that interview was and how they can listen to Matt Sarah talk all day is, is exactly why I feel really honored to have him on there. But I do want to say I'm very grateful to be able to sit down and talk with somebody like that who's a legend that I'm sure tons of people have asked to be on podcasts or would love to have an hour of uh, undivided attention with a guy like Matt Terracera. And for me to be able to do that um, and him to give me that time, I, I really don't take it lightly. I'm very grateful for it. I'm very appreciative of it. And, you know, again, for the record, when I started this podcast, the two main people that I really wanted to interview were Matt Sarah and Ray Longo. And they were two of the only people I didn't ask just because I didn't want to bother them. I, I didn't want to nag them. I didn't want to be that guy. So, you know, the fact that they did it, I, I really appreciate it. I don't take it lightly. Um, very grateful for it. And that's something that I'll always have now, which is really cool. And, you know, again, I told them that's a big reason why I started doing this was to catch up with people that I didn't normally get to spend that time with. And that was a great example of it, of just being able to sit there and catch up with, you know, somebody who's been a really positive influence in my life and become a friend. And when somebody who is one of your heroes becomes your friend, you get to talk with them and hang out with them on that level. And you get to train and learn from them on the grappling side of it. I mean, it's, it's just an amazing thing that I don't take lightly. And I'm very happy for the people I have around me and for the opportunities that I have. So thank you very much for Matt Sarah. But um, part of the stuff that he didn't really get into that was really awesome, if you don't know, was after he didn't get to go to the early military thing that he was talking about because of that street fight, he wound up finding um, obviously martial arts and they went over to pride and I might be butchering some of the story, but you'll get the gist of it overall. And uh, when he went out to fight in pride, they bring the fighters out and they'll have the ring 
and the guys all come out of each side and they introduce him and they do the big pyrotechnics fireworks display. So he went to go do that. And the guy that he was supposed to fight must have misheard the directions or there was some sort of malfunction. I'm not exactly sure how it happened, but he wound up standing where the fire and the, the stuff comes out and he wound up getting set on fire before they were supposed to fight got significant burns all over his body. They, there was just an article that came out, I think about six months ago with an update on that guy and what he's done with his life since then. But all of a sudden now, Matt couldn't go into the armed forces and now he thinks he's gonna be a fighter. He's all the way out in, I believe, Japan for pride. Can't fight, now what's he gonna do? And then that turned into, well, I'm already in fighting shape. Let me go over to Abu Dhabi and compete in this jiu-jitsu tournament because I'm already in shape. And then that's where really his jiu-jitsu legacy started that he you know made it to the finals. And there's that whole story about him you know, as a show of respect, not competing in that last match. And, you know, that's what started to really get him those accolades as, as a jiu-jitsu guy. And, you know, being the first American black belt under Henzo Gracie and then coming back and cementing it from there. And what he said on that podcast was he's always had, the jiu-jitsu school was always the goal. That was always the thing he wanted to fall back on. That was always the thing he, um, he was going to have as his retirement. And, you know, a lot of it stemmed from those. So although a lot of those things I'm sure he wasn't happy about, I try and remember stuff like that, that, you know, everything happens for a reason. And when times are tough, sometimes you look back six months later, a year later, 20 years later, and you realize it was meant to be. And that was the best thing that ever could have happened to you for the goal at hand. And it's not always easy and it doesn't always make sense, but I try and be glass half full with that kind of stuff and find as many examples as I can of that happening in other people's lives that you're going, man, this is the worst thing that could have happened right now. And you look back later and go, man, what a blessing that was. So um, just something I wanted to touch on. Now, a few things. First off, why I love Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And one of the questions I get a lot is people will message me and they'll say, hey, man, like myself or my wife, or a lot of the times it's my kids. I'm looking to get them into something. What should I have them train? Should they do MMA? Should they do boxing? Should they do uh, Jeet Kune Do? Should they do Taekwondo? Should they do whatever? And my answer is always, yeah, Jiu-Jitsu. They definitely get them into Jiu-Jitsu. Get them into Jiu-Jitsu at a young age, as young as possible. Um, to me, one of the benefits of doing jujitsu versus doing some of these other sports is one, you can do it every day. Not that you can't box every day, but you can't spar every day. You shouldn't spar any day, every day, I should say. So that became one of the reasons I actually got into jujitsu. I started as a boxer. I had a few fights. I had some, some really hard sparring when I first started. We had been in a 10 by 10 ring in a basement with this guy, Chris Padilla, and he would turn the heaters on. And I mean, he would literally just beat the shit out of us. And you know, I would start to get headaches and I'd be walking around and I'd, I'd go get to get gas and I'd be like, what, what am I doing here? Huh? Why am I even here? What am, how long have I been standing here? And I'd start to have these like blackouts and stuff. And after a while, I'd say, you know what? I, I probably shouldn't get a hit in the head tomorrow, maybe for a couple of days, but I still want to do something. So yes, if you do still want to strike, you can hit pads, you can do bag work. There's other things you can do. But my point is jujitsu is one of the only martial arts that you can train 100% all the time. So some of these other martial arts like you know, Kung Fu or whatever, or Krav Maga when you're poking people's eyes or grabbing their nuts or whatever it is, you can't actually do that at the pace that you would if you were in a real street fight situation. Whereas jujitsu, when you're rolling and grappling at 100% over and over again, you could do it every day as long as your body holds up. And some people aren't going to want their kids or their loved ones or maybe even themselves to get into striking because they're worried about brain damage, they're worried about CTE, they're worried about going to work with black eyes and things like that. Where yes, that can happen in jujitsu, but not as often. You know, every now and then you get a toe in the eye or a headbutt or a scratch or something like that, but nowhere near the amount. It's a lot more controlled. But I have found that when you go into real life situations, you know, 
you still get those butterflies, you still get that fight or flight. But when you actually start grappling, the muscle memory for that, because again, you look at statistics, most fights are going to go to the ground. So God forbid you do get into a, a street situation or a situation where you have to defend yourself or stand up for somebody else who can't stick up for themselves or whatever the situation may be. Having jujitsu in your arsenal to be able to at least nullify and control the situation, I think is absolutely pivotal. So again, if most fights are going to the ground, you know, and I, I think not to get too, too off topic with it, but there's a lot of law enforcement officers and police officers and people that are in situations where they need to control people in physical altercations and they haven't been in enough physical altercations to be able to know how to nullify that situation. They don't have the confidence behind them to do that. And I feel like jujitsu more so than any other martial art will help in that situation where people are grappling and tangling up. And, you know, most people don't know how to fight. They think they do. Maybe they lift weights or, you know, they've been in street fights, but it's a completely different thing when somebody's calm, cool, collected and knows how to use that resistance against you. And again, for smaller guys, you got a big guy, he's out of control. You know how to nullify that, use your weight, use their weight against them, take them down, put them in a safe position where you're not going to get hurt. They're not going to hurt you. To me, that's the biggest thing. It's not about kicking everybody's ass. It's being able to, control situations, slow situations down and diffuse things. And then again, most people that are acting crazy or going off of some uh, adrenaline or drunk or whatever, they're going to, they're going to blow their, their energy levels pretty quick. So, you know, that's what I found in those situations is within a minute or two of them scrambling around and wiggling around and going crazy. Now they're, you know, they're just a dead fish. And now you're able to say, okay, but you're able to diffuse that versus you now going into fight or flight and not knowing what am I going to do? How am I going to react? You have a sense of staying calm because you've trained and you've been in that situation. And even though you might be nervous, you'll start to realize that those things like, you know, you grab the arm, you, you take them down, you double leg, you pass, you control, you mount, you, you know, you're, you're pinning the wrist down, you're controlling the body, you're in a position, you're, you know, you're wrapping him up in the guard, you're, you're pulling his head down, you're, you're wrapping up his strong arm so you can't get hit and you're just holding him there. So at least maybe somebody can come break it up or help or police could come. Who knows what the situation is? Um, if needed to, you know, you wrap your arm around, you pop a guillotine. Either way, the, the, the situation here is that you're controlling it and you'll start to see that muscle memory from you training so much, it takes over. So you go on autopilot, which I think is a really, really important thing. You see it when guys get rocked in, in UFC fights in the wrestling background or the jiu-jitsu background. They tell you they don't even remember two rounds, three rounds. It's Korean Zombie and freaking Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega congratulates us on the win. Um, I trained with him in California. He was an absolute stud, a next-level jiu-jitsu guy. But stuff like that, you know, People will literally be on autopilot. They don't even remember fighting. They don't remember what they're doing, but they're still bobbing and weaving. And then they're getting takedowns and they're controlling positions or they're passing or they're going for submissions or, you know, they're, they're going for double legs. How many times did you see the guy double leg the ref when he's, when he's half out cold? So I just think that that's an important thing. So it gives you confidence for safety in situations. And that's the biggest thing is I don't walk around going, oh, I could beat everybody up. But if I'm walking around late at night or I want to go running early in the morning or I'm in a, a place or a situation or something like that, where there's somebody who's unstable around or somebody who looks dangerous around, or I'm just around by myself or with somebody I love, I feel very confident that if it came to it, I could at least get somebody to a position that I can nullify them, that they're not hurting me. Maybe I'm not hurting them, but at least I'm nullifying it that you know nobody's getting hit. They can't strike me from this position. I can give my loved ones, they can run away or, or whatever the situation is. Um, you know, and I, I told a couple of stories, but I have story after story after story of this helping and, you know, the, the old karate kid, Mr. Miyagi said, you know, you learn karate to learn how not to fight. And it's, it's completely true. So, you know, one of my friend's kids, I told the story, I don't know if I told it to Matt or on another podcast, but 
he had been coming down to Longo's and he'd been coming down to Sarah's and he'd been doing some wrestling and some striking and some jujitsu. And he, I think he was around 15 and he had his first altercation that um, some kids said, Hey, give me your bike or give me your stuff. Or they tried to you know, rob him or bully him. And this is his first life experience with an altercation and somebody like being forceful and coming at him. And you know, that, that's scary, especially for a kid. And, and they said, give me your stuff. And he said, no, you're going to have to take it. And all of a sudden the bully went, Oh, okay. You know, forget it. And then we're going to go pick on somebody else. And instead of coming after them, they walked away because he had enough confidence to say, I'm not going to give into this bully. I'm, I'm going to stick up for myself. And if they're going to take it, they're going to have to, they're going to have to work for it. And again, I think jujitsu and that confidence, when people smell that, it's almost like an alarm system. Bullies for the most part are not tough guys. They just have big mouths. They don't really want to fight. They just want to look cool in front of whoever they're trying to impress or dealing with whatever insecurities they have. So when they look and they go, oh, this house has an alarm. It's going to take some work to get into. You know what? That alarm, the house next door has no alarm. The window's wide open. I'm just going to go try and rob that house. So it just takes away you being a victim and a target. And maybe not in every situation, but I've seen enough situations where just the confidence of saying, you're going to have to work if you want to, you want to beat me up. You want to rob me. You want to, you want to bully me. You know, it's going to be a long day for you. So get ready. And usually that is enough to kind of put them off. Um, you know, Matt Sarah talked in that viral clip I put out there about him versus the drunk guy. If you watch the episode, definitely go back and listen to it. But I can't do a better job of explaining why it's important for you to know jujitsu for yourself and for your loved ones for exactly that situation. That could have gone wrong in a hundred different ways from you know, somebody else in that situation that could have been the person getting hurt by that drunk idiot or being embarrassed in front of their wife and kids or, you know, the guy goes and attacks somebody else or, you know, somebody, I, I don't know, the, the different things that could happen, lawsuits, injuries, deaths, embarrassment, humiliation, um, you know, stress, all kinds of different things, but he nullified it and it wound up being a great example of when you can defuse a situation because you're confident he doesn't have anything to prove. He was just trying to take out that bully and stop him from abusing somebody else. And again, it's something that, uh, you know, I've seen Billy Gratzetti from Biohazard do before. There's somebody who's acting up, being wild, starting fights. And he's going, man, if this guy's going to start a fight with somebody here, I'm going to go up there because I'd rather it be me because at least I know how to defend myself versus some of these other people that he might go pick on that have never been in a fight in their life or have no idea how to defend themselves against this kid walking down the street bullying people. And I've seen him go up and take that bullet before. So just about having that sense of, being able to protect not only yourself, but the people around you and have the confidence to be able to, again, nullify those situations. You can find YouTube uh, videos of Ryan Hall doing the same thing. My buddy Stifler, I remember there was a couple of um, couple of examples. He's a black belt under Matt Sarah as well. Joe Laviano, very good teacher, very good guy, fellow overeater like myself. But um, there was a video of them trying to restrain uh, a, a perp. He's a police officer and you know he jumped in and, and grabbed the leg and he slid in there and did some sort of jujitsu move to the guy to nullify the guy and keep him where nobody else was able to do it. And those types of things I think are huge. So that's part of why I love jujitsu. Now the health benefits of it, again, you lose weight, the muscle endurance, there's guys that have started and a lot of people go, well, you know what? Uh, I'm going to lose a bunch of weight and get in shape before I start training. No, start training. And that's going to help you get in shape faster than anything. Guys that I started with as a white belt, like Billy Tats, guy's a freaking animal right now. He's He's a, he's a black belt, very high level. He's strong as shit. But I think he lost like 100, over 100 pounds in the first year, year and a half. There's so many people that I know that have come through jujitsu with me that literally were shaking during the warmups. They couldn't even do the jumping jacks, the push-ups, and the sit-ups. They're getting winded doing laps around the gym in the, in the first minute or two. And now they're, they're confident. They're killers. They've dropped you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 pounds. They put on muscle. Their wind's better. 
cardio is better, muscle endurance is better. So the health benefits for what it will do to you for, for exercise and for losing weight are astronomical. You put that gi on during the summer and you roll around on a hot freaking packed jujitsu gym, you're going to, you're going to lose so much weight there. That thing is going to be sweating, just pouring sweat, swamp soak. It's going to be nasty, but that's what you want. It gets you a really great workout. And it's not boring, like running on a treadmill or just picking up weights and putting them down. It just gives you something to go to. You get addicted, you get excited about it. You want to be there. And it protects you. And again, when you start doing it, you'll be blown away by muscles that you weren't even using that all of a sudden now you find yourself starting to use and you, all these things are sore the next couple of days. You got all these weird aches and pains and burns from the mat that you never knew before. And you start to realize how much, how much you weren't using in those typical exercises. The jujitsu starts to work all these different parts of your body that you probably didn't even realize weren't getting the exercise or the attention that you really should have. So it's another big thing there. Now the mental and social benefits of why I love jujitsu. It shows you how to push. So, you know, something I've seen Mark Turner at the BJJ lab, he does them on Tuesday nights where you just roll and roll and roll and roll and roll until the point that you think you can't roll anymore. And then they just make you roll more and roll more and roll more. Rolling for jujitsu is like sparring. So, you know, you're going and you're tired and you can't move, but then another guy jumps on you and you just have to. So it teaches you that you have the option to either keep going or quit. And you don't want to quit in a gym like that, around guys like that, when people are just, you know, popping on you. So it teaches you that you always have more in the tank. And just when you think you can't go anymore, you can. And that translates into so many other valueless, valuable lessons of life, but it also keeps you honest. So, you know, the, it's very hard to get, Hey, it happens, but to get far in, in MMA gyms, like, like law and Saralongo and a lot of these other places I've gone and trained at, or become a jiu-jitsu black belt or a high-level jiu-jitsu guy, you don't get there without getting humbled. And, you know, some things like that, whereas, you know, you have a, a few five-minute rounds and they're just having you switch guys, switch guys, switch guys. And then the next round, all of a sudden you're killing a guy. The round after that, now you're the nail. One day you're the hammer, next round you're the nail. Next round you're the hammer, next round you're the nail. So it's very hard to not be humble because, you know, you could be having a bad day. Another guy can have a good day. You might have already just been exhausted from a tough role. Another guy might be fresh. Another guy might just be better. He might be putting in more time. But any round could be completely different that you could be on top of the world or just taking a beating. So you have to learn to be humble and be honest. And it keeps you accountable because you start to realize that, hey, you know what? If I am going to go and train, I can't be eating crappy food and and you know drinking every day and just smoking weed and watching Netflix and stuff because I'm feeling that every day when I go to jujitsu. And if I do want to get better and I don't want that same guy kicking my ass every single time I go into the gym and I don't want to be not getting promoted when all the other guys that came up with me are getting promoted ahead of myself. You know, I need to start doing things and I need to hold myself accountable to show up, put the work in, learn and get myself in better shape and, and, and get myself to have better discipline. So I'm not tired and exhausted. And it's not that grueling because it sucks when you're exhausted and tired and then you leave and you can't get even off the map, but it's so rewarding. It's such a great feeling. I know you did it. You went through it and I won't give the name, but again, one of, one of my buddies that started right around the same time as me from Sarah's, I would watch him literally sweat and shake and we'd have to take breaks for just doing 20, 30 pushups, 20, 30 jumping jacks. And if you saw the guy now, he's confident. He's got a beautiful girlfriend who I think is his wife now. I mean, just physically, he looks like a different guy. Mentally, he acts like a different guy. You wouldn't even recognize him as the person who started. And it's 100% because of jujitsu and just the, the health and the confidence and the mental, the mental benefits that it's given him. So um, the other thing I love is the environment. The, the people you will meet there are going to be people that are friends for the rest of your life. And there's some, some people that I know that are, for instance, they're, they're jujitsu guys, but they're musicians. 
And I remember talking to them and they said, look, I'll, I'll have friends in music. I've been in music for 30, 40 years, but there's a sense of ego in music and there's a sense of individualism versus jujitsu. And he said, you know, my friends in music are my friends in music, but I've made way more friends in jujitsu that will be my friends forever versus the music people because they're just more solid relationships. They're people that are accountable, people that are reliable. They're more cut from the same cloth. You know, they're, there's just a different level that you'll start to find people like Matt Serra always says, water finds its own level. You're going to start to find a lot of that. And I think that's one of the biggest things is the people I've met through jujitsu and through MMA and through training have been my friends now for 14, 15 years. We never fight. We never argue. There's no pettiness. There's no, he's better than me or I'm better than this guy. Or did you hear? There's no drama. Like it's just awesome. When we get together, when we hang out, it's always fun. I always love reaching out to them. The group texts are fun. The hangouts are fun. There's no bullshit. There's no drama. Like it's just some of the easiest people to get along with. It's just, it's just unbelievable. It's just a different breed. And I know sometimes when I talk to people, they go, oh, I don't want to go to one of your jujitsu parties with your friends and, you know, get in a fight. Like, it's the last thing they're worrying about. Nobody cares. Like the, the, the lack of tension and animosity and, and insecurity around groups of high-level jujitsu guys and MMA guys, is, it's just totally different. So the people that I have, you know, sweated with on the mats and we've earned each other's respect and we've earned each other's loyalty and we we've hung out and we've bonded and we've talked for years, like that's never going to go away. So I have met people that I will be friends with for the rest of my life all across this country and especially in New York and now in, in the Chicago area that I'll be friends with forever because of jujitsu, because it tells the truth. The mats show who you are. And when you start to see that and reflect, you start to see who your people are and they start to gravitate towards each other. And one of the things that I thought was great, one of the, the best examples of the environment when you're in the right jujitsu school with the right people was something my brother posted that I remember he said one day, you know what? I, I wish my music friends would celebrate each other's victories and achievements as much as my jujitsu friends would. So I thought that was really interesting because, you know, whether it's comedian, actor, musician, real estate guy, you know, this guy got a record deal. This person sold out a show. This guy got a top hit. This guy just landed some big real estate deal. This guy, whatever. There's sometimes a sense of self-comparison and there's a sense of, sense of jealousy that we talk about a lot on this show that's almost unavoidable, but I don't see that. You know, Chris Weidman wins the UFC championship. I don't go, oh, it should have been me. No, it shouldn't have been me. I can't do that, but he can. And I believe in him. And I'm happy if I had any part in being able to be around that or, or train with him or just experience him and just being around greatness and people that defy the odds and do amazing things and crush their goals, I think is infectious and amazing to watch and say, hey, you know what, hard work makes those goals possible. And that's the same thing I'm going to do for my thing. And, you know, you see guys get promoted. I don't go, oh man, well, that guy shouldn't have got promoted. No, good for him. He put the work and that's outstanding. You know, this guy's better than me now. I haven't been training as much. He's been training three times a day, five days a week for the last year, year and a half, two years, putting the time in. Good for him. He freaking earned that. I should get my ass there more if I have a problem with it. But you tend to celebrate each other's accomplishments because you know what jujitsu, you get it out of it, what you put into it. You can't fake it. If you're not showing up, you're not going to get better. And it's going to show up in the roles and it's going to show up in the training. But when you are putting the time in, that's going to show up too. And there's no faking that. So keeps you honest, keeps you accountable. And the last thing I'll, I'll go into why I love it is I've never seen anything that brings together different walks of life like jujitsu does. You walk into a jujitsu gym and you're just looking around and everybody's in their rash guards or everybody's in their, their geese. 
and you're watching and you're going, all right, just a bunch of people hanging out, talking, and then they're laughing and they're hugging and they're bumping fists and they're giggling and they're helping each other after class show. Well, this is how I choked you. This is how you got out of this. This is what you should have done. And then they leave and you go and you watch them in their normal life and you go, hey, man, those two people that were just giggling and acting like best friends, one's actually a cop and one's actually a robber. One's a drug dealer. One's a DEA agent. One's a cowboy. One's an Indian. It brings together everybody, everything. So on a jujitsu mat, you'll see that race, religion, sexual orientation, uh, sexual preference, um, wealth, whatever, none of it matters. No one cares if you're big, small, black, white, skinny, old, young. Just don't be a dick. If you're cool, you're going to see that it's the great equalizer. Everybody there just gets along. They're all just people. It's just training partners. It's an environment where everybody's honest and it's about a sense of community there. And you don't see it like, you know, race doesn't matter. Skin doesn't matter. Nothing matters on a jujitsu gym. Just are you a cool person? And the only thing that's going to be discriminative is if you're an asshole, you're going to stick out. If you're not willing to put the work in, if you're a bully, if you're not a good training partner, but that's not going to have anything to do with any of your gender or demographics. And I just think that's a cool thing that there's so many different people that become intertwined and friends from different walks of life than in any other arena, any other scene or scenery or whatever you're, the word I'm looking for is, um, those two people would never interact. And now they're together every day and they're friends. And I just think that that's freaking an amazing thing. So um, I did title this episode, How It's Helped Me in Life and How It's Helped Me in Business. So I, I did want to talk a little bit about that as well. So looking for uh, jujitsu specifically, in life, obviously the confidence to diffuse situations. I've talked about this, but it's really a massive thing for me because I've, I've been in these situations where, you know, that fight or flight that pops in, I feel like that translates into everything. And I, again, I probably said this before, but even, you know, the first time I, I boxed and I got hit by a real boxer and all of a sudden you go into, I got to get out of here. And you start, you're just winging your arms around. You don't even know what you're doing and you're all green. You're being goofy. And now you're, you're out of energy and you can't get away. And then you're dreading it for the next week and a half. I started to realize that all those situations, the more you train in those situations and bring yourself to do the things you don't want to do, diffusing those situations and being able to stay calm and level-headed when you're going into a stressful situation, a stressful environment, a high, high tension, high, whatever it is, um, fight or flight type, type thing, you're able to stay cool and, and, you know, somebody's trying to bully you, somebody's acting up. And I, I've had issues like this where there's a big fight breaking out and somebody's chasing somebody. And, you know, all of a sudden you just slip a punch, take the guy down and you're holding there and you go, hey, I, I'm just going to hold you until this guy runs away. That's all I'm going to do. Like, just relax. And you realize that nobody had to get hurt here. That guy got away. Thankfully, I didn't get hurt. He didn't get hurt. And jujitsu allowed me to diffuse that situation and not let my insecurity of, I need to hit this guy or I need to fight or I need to prove something. Your instincts just kick in and you go, this is stupid. You know, I'm here to have a good time. I'm not here to get into a fight or watch one of my friends get into a fight where one or both of them could get hurt or now the cops could go. No, like, so just let's just keep the situation as calm as possible. Again, just like Matt Sarah said. So um, first and foremost, being able to give you the confidence that you can control a situation, diffuse a situation and keep yourself safe, I think is the most important thing that it's helped me in life. So when that's translated into stressful situations, business-wise, personally, friendships, relationships, girlfriends, whatever it is, I feel like the ability to 
stay calm when I feel like I want to freak out or I want to lash out or I want to throw a temper tantrum. It's allowed me to control my emotions and have a much higher emotional intelligence, which has definitely helped me in situations where I look back and I go, man, I'm really happy I didn't bite, I didn't say what I wanted to say there. And I bit my tongue or I waited to talk or I I muted the phone. You know, so it just it's teaching you ways to, I guess, listen and watch and more than react. So might have not hit exactly what I was trying to go, but hopefully you get the picture there. Um, less insecure to stay out of trouble. I can't tell you how many times I see fights with people that are just insecure, just trying to prove something to themselves where there's really no need for it. Whereas when you get into training with guys like this, you realize that on a given day, you know what? I'm not the toughest guy in the room and I'm not the wimpiest guy in the room. And I'm totally cool with that. I have nothing to prove. Just got to make sure that I'm doing the best I can for myself. There's no ego anymore. It kind of beats that out of you. And that's something that you're doing every day. It's just not something that you need. You, you test yourself. You know what you're capable of. There's no, there's no what if, could have, whatever. So I have found that in the past where I might have reacted badly or butted heads, like instead of, you know, somebody's coming at you, you're running right back at them. You become more of the matador of, you know, I don't have to prove it. Yeah, oh yeah, you're right. You know, I, I'm an idiot. It was my fault. I cut you off, whatever, you know, yep. No, you know, please don't beat me up. You're good. Just have a good night. Go on with your girlfriend, whatever. Move out of the way and go about your business has definitely allowed me, even again, I'll go into what this done for bit for me in business, but sense of, um, sense of, of security, being able to not have anything to prove is just been something that's really helped me in the emotional intelligence of being able to control my emotions, which I've learned from training martial arts and training jujitsu has been a very, very huge thing. And again, just the standard that people hold themselves to there, the, the level of character and ethics and honesty and loyalty that I have learned from my training partners, from guys like Hulk smash and Matt Sarah and Ray Longo and Chris Wyman and raging Al and, and, you know, Jay Gershon and pilot Joe and my brother and, and all these great people, you know, that I've known for years, like Dave Patton, who always invites everybody with open arms into his gym and guys at the BJJ lab, like Mark Turner and places that have opened their doors to me across the country. You know, they're, they're good people. They're welcoming people. They, they help you bring the best out of yourself. And that's something that I really think when I'm doing things, I always want to act like, you know, what kind of, what would these guys think of me? What would they want to see me do here? How can I be a good advocate or a good, um, good ambassador of the sport and of the gym and of the flag that I represent now as a Sarah Jiu-Jitsu black belt and as somebody who represents Jiu-Jitsu people all, all across the country at times, you know, not that I'm anything, but you know what I'm saying? So that's just something that I think is important. So long-term friendships, home and away, um, staying in shape. So I also feel like personally, jujitsu gives you a sense of community that the less of the individual and more of there's a greater good here. So for instance, even though I'm not maybe fighting or, or going to go into some competition, I need to be a good training partner for my training partners. So, you know, you got a guy like Ally Quinta coming up to a fight sometimes and it's like, all right, you know, we're closer to this, each other's size when he's cutting weight. So maybe Matt wants me to roll with him or roll with Aljo or roll with somebody coming up for a tournament. I'm going to think twice or three times about eating fast food or drinking alcohol or skipping a workout because I know I'm definitely not as good as any of those guys. So the best thing I can do, the most I can at least give is to give it my best and be in the best shape possible so I can at least contribute some sort of value instead of just coming on and being a lazy sack of shit who is not helping them or helping them raise their bar at all. So I always try and be at my best so I can give my best to whoever might need me. And so you start to think less about the, the decisions that are affecting you and think of them more as affecting 
the other people as a whole and helping your partners and your friends and your teammates and your gym. And I think that's really an important thing to learn. And again, the long-term long friendships home and away. I got, you know, friends like Ruben Rivera now in California, Alex Stewart, you know, uh, Kurt Osiander, I consider a friend. I, I text back and forth with him. Um, you know, Serge, a great guy over at Ivan Salaveries, JT Torres, guys I've had on this podcast, you know, Marlon, and he, they're hooking me up with other people. So just the relationships of really freaking cool, honest, awesome people. Like, it's very rare that I meet somebody in jiu-jitsu, especially a high-level jiu-jitsu guy, that's not cool as shit. And being able to now have somebody that you can talk to and literally have that great equalizer anywhere in the country. You go, you meet strangers at a hotel, a guy's got a Gracie shirt on or a Sarah shirt on or something like that. You go, oh, you train? Oh, yeah, yeah. Who do you train? Oh, I train with, you know, like Gracie Torrance out in California or I train with 10th Planet out in Costa Mesa. Awesome. You know, I know those guys. I train, like I've had this happen where they, they look at me and they're like, New York. I go, I've actually trained at your gym. I know your guy. I'm like, oh man. And then we start texting, we take a picture. It's just cool. You know, it's a really cool way to break the ice and bring people together. And, you know, even guys that are white belts, you know, that, that don't really know it that well, they're just fans of it. Oh, I got a buddy who trains, you know, or I just started training. Oh man, you should stick with it. Here's some things. I don't know. I just like it. It's a good way to, to interact. And, and it's, it's helped me solidify good relationships with good people all over the country for a very long time now. Also, people that I maybe normally wouldn't have come across, you know, some of these guys like, you know, Ruben's a, a stuntman, you know, who, who knows why I would have come across, you know, hanging out or talking with the stuntman or something like that. Or, you know, some of these other guys that are in law or in tech or just other industries or other arenas that really wouldn't come across what I do or what I like, we wind up now talking and then that helps again me broaden my circles, broaden my horizons, learn more about what's out there, learn more about people, learn more about what they do. And to me, I, I think that's really interesting. Um, so new connections, nothing replaces the stress relief that you get from rolling. So I haven't been training jujitsu since February because of COVID and all these different things and you know, just trying to stay safe for the people around me. But it's absolutely amazing how I can go run five, 10 miles. And when I get back, I don't have that release of just stress and anxiety and that sense of accomplishment like I do when I get up and I go do a 6 a.m. session with my guys at Sarah Jiu-Jitsu or a private with Mark Turner early in the morning or, you know, driving 40 minutes to go train with Kurt Osiander or whatever it may be. There's something different about the sense of relief and this, the, the weight off of your shoulders after you're done training jujitsu, especially after a really hard day or a hard morning of rolls, it's just, there's nothing like it in the world. And the guys that train know exactly what I'm talking about. There's just no substitute for it. So that becomes like a drug and I'm really fiending it now. And I'm finding myself being more irritable because I'm, I'm not getting those rolls in. So I really hope things come back soon. But again, it, it allows you to, to rest and unplug it. It gets you in time with people that, you know, if I'm coming home and I'm working and I want to spend time with my family, it's awesome now that most of my friends, if not all of them, train jiu-jitsu so you know i get to go hang out with my brother and sean cooper and joe riley and jay gershon and some of these guys that are, are my closest friends that we all get to get together and spend a couple of hours together at jiu-jitsu and train and talk and hang out and spend time together and do what we love get a good mental exercise get a good physical exercise get to bond a little bit have some camaraderie help each other catch up so it allows me to again intertwine all the people and gives me an excuse to do what I love and do it with the people that I love, which to me has been the biggest thing, you know, going with your best friends for, for almost my whole life and, and people that are in my family and be able to train jujitsu with them and hang out with them on mats and be able to share what I've learned from traveling across the country and have them share what's going on with them and then go out and have some drinks or get some lunch or get some dinner. It's, there's just nothing like it. So 
um, you know, you're going to start to see that as you train and you get the jujitsu bug, you're going to want to start to have other people in your life that you care about come join you. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you got all your friends there and things are just different. Now, as far as business, I do want to tie this in because some people, again, don't care about jujitsu, but they do care about business. So I will say again, when you, you look at why people say, you know what, you should play golf, play golf, because that's where you're going to, you're going to brush shoulders with business guys and make connections. I feel like jujitsu is a new golf. I, I forget exactly what it is, but I think Henzo Gracie was saying something about there being more knowledge on the average mat at one of his schools than any Ivy league school in the country. And I definitely agree with that. The connections, the different walks of life, the relationships you'll make there personally and professionally for almost anything you need and the level of successful people that you might not even realize the people that you're training with there are or that they're connected to can definitely help you in business. So if you're looking to take up something for business, forget golf, take jujitsu. It'll help you mentally. It'll help, help you physically. It'll help you with confidence. It'll, it'll do so many other things like I talked about through this entire episode. So if you're only seeing the clip, go check out the episode on this, but all of those benefits plus more, I can tell you some of my best connections, financially, real estate, business, contractors, um, lenders, borrowers, partners, all kinds of different things. My best connections with them have all come from jujitsu schools or, or people that have at least connected me that I've known through jujitsu. So just another reason to do it. The mats have knowledge. You just said that. So the mats tell the truth, you know? So again, when you're on there and people see you putting the time and putting the work and there is a level of professional respect that people get. And when people watch you, I've had people say it to me. Oh yeah. yeah. So what do you do? You know, well, you're in here training two, three days a week. You know, you're here during the day. And I love that. So mats have money is another thing I want to point out. And I didn't realize this at first, but all of a sudden now, you know, be, me being an entrepreneur and setting my own hours for the most part, you know, if I'm there at 12 noon, Monday to Friday, all of a sudden I'm looking around and people go, well, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a real estate investor. And people start to listen. And then I look around and they go, oh yeah, it's weekdays at noon. Why aren't these guys at work? And then I start to realize that, yeah, some are teachers, maybe some are firefighters or law enforcement officers and they work separate shifts. But the people that are not, are independently wealthy. They're there because they work for themselves or they don't have a nine to five or there are other entrepreneurs in there. So you'll start to see that that does really play a role. And you'll be surprised when you start to go on those off hours, keep your eyes out because those could be great people to connect with as an entrepreneur for business, because there's guys on the mats that are multi, multi, multi-millionaires, brilliant business minds doing tons of different deals, whether it's tech or real estate or stocks or finance or whatever it is, you can find successful people that are at the top of the food chain and whatever they do on a jujitsu mat on any given day, they can definitely help you in business. Another reason. And there's way more benefits to me that I see in doing that than playing golf, not to beat up golf, but um, again, reliable people from all trades. When I've said this before, but a guy like Brad Johns, whenever I go to somebody that's from the jujitsu world and we talk about stuff, I can always know that, you know what, this guy's a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, this guy's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, this guy's an MMA fighter, this guy is a golden glove champion. This is a guy who gets shit done. This is a guy who's reliable. This is a guy who doesn't quit when things get hard. This is a guy I'm going to look out to, to to try and get this job done because they're going to be more reliable than the next guy. You know, and that's what I love is jiu-jitsu becoming a black belt has not taught me necessarily to beat everybody up, but it teaches you to keep going. You know, Matt Sarah has the sign on his wall, which I'm sure is at other gyms too, but a black belt is just a white belt who didn't quit. That's all it is. And when I, I'm looking for a contractor or I'm looking for somebody to do my social media clips for the podcast or editing or fix my house or whatever it is, I know that if it's a guy from jujitsu that's got any sort of, of, of longevity in it, 
It's a guy who's not going to quit when things get tough. They're going to see it through. They're going to find a way out and they're going to get the job done at all costs. They're not just going to tap out when things get hard. So that's exactly who I want around me in my business is the A players. So the Matt tells the truth and I'm going to know, you know, if this is a guy who's not putting the time and this is a guy who taps out too easy every time, it's probably going to do that the same way because the mats tell the truth. And like Ray Longo said, the, the cage tells the truth, the mat tells the truth, and how you do anything is how you do everything. So, you know, if you're taking the easy way out on the match, you're going to take the easy way out in life and business, and that's not the person I want involved in my stuff. So, um, again, I tied into relationships around the country. So although I've made friends around the country, jujitsu has helped me in many ways for connecting people. So again, Hey, I got a deal in text. Do you know anybody? You know what? Yeah. Let me call this guy. He trains over there. I think he had a guy at his gym or I know a guy at his gym, or it allows me to help other people too, that when people listen to this podcast or meet me that are in the same arena as me, sometimes it's just an excuse to reach out where maybe they wouldn't before. And they go, you know what? I've really been interested in jujitsu. I live in San Antonio or I live in Florida or I live in California or wherever. You know, do you know any good places that I could train or my kid could train? Or what do you think about this school? Have you heard of this school? And whether they really want my opinion or it was just a great way to have an icebreaker, it always solidifies a relationship and gives me an excuse to go, you know what I do? I know people all over the country and I can refer to you a good gym, or you can at least send me a couple of the gyms in the area and I'll look them over and I'll tell you if I know any of the names, if I know anything good or bad, or what I would do if I were you, or for sure, like, let, let's talk about this. So it just opened up a whole other level of something to talk about to be an icebreaker or an introduction for people or be able to connect people on a different level that helps in business, you know? So I always love to do that for sure. Again, you'd be surprised who trains with you on the mats on any given day. It's a, an immediate opportunity um, to connect. So anywhere I go, again, I told you I'm in airports, I'm all across the country. When you meet another jujitsu person, especially in business, you know, I, I've had it be, it reminds me of one time we were trying to, to get a lot of money for this one specific deal. And we were hitting dead end after dead end after dead end. And then eventually my partner was talking to this one guy and the guy said something that was like military talk. And he went, wait a minute, wait a minute. He goes, Did you serve? He goes, yeah, would you serve? And he's like, I served in the Marines. He goes, oh, I served in the Marines too. He goes, so we can talk real now. And then they like, both changed their whole tone and they started talking the way that they understand and their little language, they immediately had that connection. And we wound up moving further along in that deal than we would have with anybody else because of that. It's the same thing. You know, I'm talking to a realtor, I'm talking to a contractor, I'm talking to a lender, I'm talking to another real estate guy, I'm talking to somebody in business. And all of a sudden you realize halfway through the conversation, wait a minute, you're a jujitsu guy too. Oh, okay. All right, let's talk now. Hey, let's train later. Let's get together. Oh, did you go here? Did you see this fight? You, you know, even the guy I just talked to at the bank, you know, the first thing he said when I sat down was, did you see the Khabib fight? Yeah, actually, one of my good friends gave Khabib the toughest test of his entire career. That, oh, really? I didn't know you. It opens up conversations. It's such a great thing. Everybody's interested in real estate. Everybody's interested in MMA. And it winds up translating very well into jiu-jitsu. So just, I think Forrest Griffin said, you know, every guy, when they walk into a bar, the two things they're wondering is, you know, who here can I beat up and who's got a bigger schlong than me? I think is what he said, not to be crude, but um, you know, it is one of those things that, you know, from a guy's male point of view, you know, you're sizing people up or you're getting sized up. So, you know, as much as people always want to talk about real estate, I think people also do love UFC and most people don't ever get in the Cajun fighter. You know, they usually wonder like, could I do that? Or what's that like? And maybe I'd like to train and it opens up that conversation again. So when you open up conversations, you have common ground, it makes it a lot easier to then transition into business. Um, people you respect, people respect you and it shows you discipline. So, you know, again, if there's people that I talk to and they say, you know what, oh man, you train jujitsu, you're a blue belt, you're a purple belt, you're a black belt. Immediately, most guys know that that means that you're not afraid to put the time in to achieve your goals. 
And that separates you from some of the crowd, some of the tire kickers, the people that are not committed. When you've gone through 10, 15 years of training with high level guys, guys that people see on TV fighting, and they know that you've spent years and years and years getting choked and grappled on and your neck jacked around and your arm bent and you know your face punched in. You have grit, you have discipline, you have accountability. Those are all good things people are looking to in somebody in business. So when they see that you're somebody that's able to commit to a discipline, to a martial art, to something that's not easy, but you keep going back and getting better and getting better and getting better at it, they're going to have a certain level of respect and a certain level of confidence in you being able to do whatever the job is. I'm not saying it's going to get you every role or every job or every whatever you're looking for, but it definitely helps you separate from the pack. I've seen this happen tons and tons and tons of times. It definitely makes all the difference in the world. So, um, uh, getting out of tough spots. Again, to me, this is one of the biggest things is I know that somebody who trains in jujitsu every day, guys who wrestle athletes for the most part, you know, I love talking to them because in business, you're always having tough times, you know, especially entrepreneurs. Yeah. Like Facebook, social media, everybody's posting the highlights of the great stuff, but it is an up and down. There's peaks and valleys. There's feasts of feast and famine, bad days, bad weeks, bad months, bad years. But what jujitsu has taught me is even when you feel like there's no way out and you feel like you're smothered and you can't breathe, and all you want to do is quit. It teaches you to hold on for another five seconds. Look for a way out. See if the guy lets up the grip. See if the other person moves. See if you can wiggle an arm through. See if you can touch a different position. See if you can cut a different angle. See if you can find a way out. See if something else opens up. And then you get through five seconds, you wait another five seconds and another five seconds and another five seconds. And you just keep pushing, but you don't give up. It teaches you that when things are hard, you stay calm, you stay level-headed, and you don't quit. You don't give up. You don't tap out. You find every single possible way to find your way out of that position and get yourself back on top and start winning that fight. And that's exactly the type of grit and the type of attitude and the type of mindset you have to have as an entrepreneur. You can't sit there, oh man, this is hard. This deal fell apart. You know what? Yeah, feel bad. Be tired for a couple of minutes, but then get back off your ass and go find something to do. Go, go find a way to make that better. You know, um, my, my business partner, um, she told me that she was talking to her friend and she was all bummed out because we lost a deal. And she said, what do you do when you lose the deal of a lifetime? He said, you get off your ass and you find another one. Yeah, okay. That's exactly what this is. And that's something that, again, above anything else in life and in business, that has been one of the most valuable characteristics that I have gotten from years of training jujitsu that has translated into business and helped me find ways to be resilient and find solutions to get deals done, make money, and do it with the best emotional intelligence and integrity I possibly can by not acting foolishly and controlling the situation just like you do on the mats, you will do off the mats. Um, releasing stress, anxiety, brain fog. Again, some of the times where I most say, I can't go to jiu-jitsu today. I can't train today. I have all this work to do. You go there and it was the best thing you possibly could have done because just like your phone, you leave your phone on all the time. You have to shut it down sometimes. It has to reset to fire and, and work at its best capacity, at its full capacity, at its highest capacity. It's the same thing with your brain. It's the same thing with your body. So if you are a workaholic, it's even more important that you go to jujitsu and blow some of that steam off and take your focus off of something for a couple of hours because jujitsu will force you to be in the moment. 
There's a lot of things that won't, and you need that. You don't, you can't scroll on social media. You can't watch Netflix. You can't be caught in some drama while you're on the match. You have to be worrying about what's in front of me for the next two, three, four, five minutes, whatever those rounds are. You know, am I getting choked? Am I getting my ankles taken? Am I getting swept? How do I stay on top? And what's going on here? And you have to literally be focused on that at all times. And then when you go back to whatever you were doing, you will be absolutely amazed that sometimes when you're looking at things and you're going, man, I, I can't figure out how to put this deal together. I can't figure out how to solve this problem. It's stressing me out. I can't think it's overwhelming me. And then you go to jujitsu for two hours and you come back and all of a sudden you go, wow, I have a completely new outlook on this. I have a clear head on this. I'm seeing this from new angles. I'm seeing a new perspective. I'm seeing all these things that I wouldn't have stayed before because I was too close to it. I needed to back off. I needed to get away. And to me, that has been a huge, huge blessing that I know even when I don't want to go, even when I feel like I no no way is it responsible for me to go. I will drag my ass there and I'm never sorry that I did. And it always helps me in life. It always helps me in business. I feel emotionally better, physically better. You know, I'm always glad to see the people there. There's just, to me, nothing but positives from it. And, you know, wrapping it all up, it is one of those things. It's intimidating to go sometimes. You know, you don't want to walk in the door for the first day. You, you don't, you know, there's just insecurities. People are nervous when something's new and you know, you're probably not going to be the best one there because you're just starting, but that's okay. Everybody has their first day. And when you find a great gym, especially like a law MMA or a Sarah Jiu Jitsu or, or, um, you know, a BJJ lab Naperville, you'll see that when you go in there, they'll make you feel comfortable. They're not going to beat you up. They're not going to give that they do. It's not the right gym for you, but you're going to see most of the time. That's not it. And most people aren't there to be fighters. Most people are there to get in shape or be around that positive environment or get more confidence or meet better friends or make those connections or just lose weight or be healthy. And that's really what they're going to teach is you're going to see there's a sense of community and there's a sense of camaraderie, but you just got to go. You just got to get yourself there. And that's the final thing is it trains you to have good habits and it trains you to put the time in when you don't want to. Because that's really what it takes is being successful and being an entrepreneur is doing the things when you don't want to do them. And that's why my buddy Al Jermaine, the Funk Master Sterling, who was on this show, he's going to be the next Bantamweight champion. And I, we said it when we interviewed him, if you guys want to go back and watch that episode, but he had those shirts that say, it's what I do when no one's watching. It's exactly what it is. Nobody sees me getting up at 6 a.m. to go run. Nobody sees me when for, for years I would wake up at 4.30 and drive an hour in California to go train with Alex Stewart or go train with Kurt Osiander or go train with Ruben Rivera or JT Torres or Ivan Salaveri or, or uh, Muhammad Ali or any of these guys, you know, going to the early morning class with all these studs over at Sarah Jiu-Jitsu. doesn't matter. You get up there, you do that, you start your day off and you hold yourself accountable, but it's what I do when no one's watching. You don't get your black belt by sitting on the couch. You don't make, you know, million dollar businesses by not taking calculated risks and by not going out there and putting the work in, but you have to have that balance. And I truly feel that jujitsu will give you that balance. So thank you for listening. I hope this was something that was helpful for people, not only um, jujitsu guys, but business guys, which I'm hoping a lot of people are on. So whatever it is, substitute your thing. You don't want to go to jujitsu. That's fine. Surfing, you know, golf, golf's your thing, um, whatever it may be, you know, but find that thing to unplug, find that thing to, Bring together a new group of people, new circles to test yourself, to push yourself, to hold yourself accountable, to give you that mental release, that physical release, to be good for your brain, for your body, and for your business like jujitsu was for me. And again, if it's not jujitsu for you, just take these same principles and find what that thing is. So hope you guys like this. Thank you very much. Please, the best compliment you could do is to share this with friends and most likely or most importantly, 
Google the A Game podcast, find it on iTunes, scroll down to write a review, and please give me a five star review and write something nice on there. It goes a very long way for the rankings, and they put a lot of time and energy into this. And um, that'll help me keep doing it and stay relevant. So, thank you for listening. Have a great day. Thank you very much, Matt Sarah, for your time. Go train some jujitsu, guys. Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world and he is also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught Tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833-632-0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833-632-0585 for your free online drum lesson.